What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am, of course, your host as always, Tony Mango. And today, as you can tell by the title and all the other kind of stuff like that, I'm going to be telling you my overall thoughts on Season 3 of Marvel's Daredevil show on Netflix. Just got done watching it about five and a half minutes ago, and I'm going to give you my fresh take on all 13 episodes in a general sense. I'm, of course, not going to break down everything that happened in all 13 episodes. This isn't a recap. This is a review. So before we get started, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up on how this is going to go. I'm going to refer to the things I like and dislike as hits and misses, and I'm going to give you a spoiler-free thought kind of process breakdown of you know, what I thought about the whole season and everything like that, then I will get into the spoilers. So I will give you a warning ahead of time before we get into the spoiler territory, just in case you don't really want to necessarily know any of the specifics. And if you want to check out the season yourself, then I'm not going to, you know, ruin anything for you. But if you don't mind, I'll just, you know, toss out anything I can think of because I'm not even going to write down some notes about this ahead of time. I'm just going to fly off the cuff here and go a little bit based off of some of the notes that I had had during while I was watching this and some just general characterizations and plot elements and stuff like that. So uh, one thing I do have to say is if you are interested in some kind of like, I guess the best way to put it down was like a stream of consciousness of when I was watching it, uh, check out the post on fanboysanonymous.com because that is my running commentary of every single episode. You know, little thoughts from uh, laughing at the line, Job was a pussy, to mentioning that the omelets look good, you know, different things like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's if you want to be into that kind of side of things. Um, spoiler free section, let's get into that. So, spoiler free. Did I like the season? Did I not like it? What do I think about that kind of stuff? Uh, The simplest way for me to put this is fantastic. This may be my favorite season, not just out of Daredevil, but out of any of these shows. So you've got three seasons of Daredevil, two of Jessica Jones, two of Luke Cage, two of Iron Fist, one of Punisher, one of The Defenders. And I honestly think this might be my favorite. At the very least, I know that the three seasons of Daredevil are my three favorite for the most part. I really liked a lot of season one of Luke Cage, and I liked about a fourth of Jessica Jones, and I liked Punisher overall, though Punisher even fell into the trap that a lot of them do, where sometimes it felt like it was just dragging a little bit too long, and I wanted it to kind of just pick up the pace, uh, quicken up the pace, not picking up, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, that is something that has been a regular thing. 13 episodes seems to be a problem. And when Iron Fist came out and that was 10 episodes, I was very excited for that because I was thinking to myself, man, all right, they're going to cut down on all the BS and we're not going to have to necessarily go through those kind of episodes. And it helped out quite a bit, but it still felt like it was dragging. It still felt like they were repeating the same scenes a couple different times. And You know, how many times do we need to have the whole, like, but I'm the Iron Fist, I need to get my powers back, and whatever, like, that kind of thing. This was 13 episodes, and my gut instinct at first was, oh, man, we're going to get another one of those things where by the time episode six ends, I'm going to be thinking to myself, this should be the end of the season, or we should only have one episode left, or something like that. Honestly, didn't happen. I went through all 13 of these episodes eager for what was happening next 
And there were only a couple little scenes here and there that made me feel like maybe it was a little bit uh, superfluous and just kind of stretching things out a little bit more than what they needed to. But honestly, I think if you took out every little bit that wasn't 100% necessary, you might not even fill up a full episode. So hats off to uh, Eric Olison for this showrunner. He wasn't a part of the first two seasons as a showrunner for that. And he knocked this out of the park. They figured out the rhythm of what they were going for. There were enough plot elements to keep this going and change things up and keep it interesting and just kind of, you know, keep the ball rolling. So, you know, we're not getting too bored with the same storyline. You're not repeating the same things over and over again. Really just magnificent work on this. This was so much fun to watch. And because I liked all these different elements, I pretty much enjoyed all of the characters throughout the whole thing. You know, there's usually some kind of an issue where some of the characters get a little bit boring and I don't really care about their side story or maybe uh, there's like a heel turn with certain people and I'm just waiting for it to happen because I know it's going to happen. No, this kept me on my toes. And this was... A season that I would recommend 100% for everybody that's been following the show. I think that if you dive into this, you're going to end up really enjoying it from start to finish. Um, Again, I'll talk about more specifics when I come to the spoiler section, but for the most part, I just kind of can't say enough good things about this uh, season. So that is the spoiler-free section, just to get that out of the way, because I want to get into more specifics and I don't want to ruin anything. So let's just... Warning, 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 everything from here on out is a potential spoiler. So let's talk storyline. Now, we left off the Defenders with Matt seemingly dead, and one of the things that I really liked about this was I was worried that we would spend five or six episodes with Matt rehabilitating himself and struggling and not knowing what to do and just kind of spinning his wheels over and over and over again while we waited until we can pick up the pace. First episode in, he's already back to fighting on the streets. And I like that so much better because I don't want to watch a story of a guy trying to heal up before he can be Daredevil. I want to watch Daredevil. Now, I don't want to see just action scene after action scene. I want some actual, you know, story to it. But you don't need to drag things out. So that immediately made me go, ooh, okay, they're not going to play any games when it comes to this. We'll see if they can keep that going. Uh, His dark edge that he had going on with this about wanting to kill Fisk, that made perfect sense. I was not a fan of him perpetually wearing the sweatpants kind of look because to me, let's put it this way. Uh, I mean, I just said I have nothing but like positive things for the most part to say about the season, but I had gotten the impression that the reason why he was underneath that mask and that they stripped everything down was because they felt like season one was better and that they needed to go back to the whole, let's put the hero at his worst because he can only overcome things. And that's the only thing that's interesting. And that's, uh, that's all well and good for certain scenarios, but I feel like if a series does that, it's kind of a crutch. And that's also why I have 
a big, big problem with these new Star Wars movies because the Star Wars films had a resolution. Return of the Jedi finished the story for the most part. And then Force Awakens came along and it was like, yeah, but what if like a new hope happened again? And you're like, well, then what the hell was the point of that whole thing? So if this season would have been just entirely all about that and just Wilson Fisk is in control, how do we stop him? He has to come back from being half dead and nothing else it would have been incredibly frustrating to me because that would have been a scenario where I would have been like, all right, I already watched season one. I don't want to watch that again. I want to watch season three. Thankfully, they didn't fall into that trap, but they did have him stick in that the entire time, that costume, and I didn't like that. So that's one of my misses here. I wanted, when they introduced Melvin Potter back, uh, Gladiator, who created the suits, I was really hoping that that would be when he would get the black version of the Daredevil costume. I highly doubt that the yellow version is going to be a thing. It just doesn't translate well. But the black version would have been a really good thing to incorporate here. And when you've got Bullseye walking around in the Daredevil costume, the black Daredevil costume would have been a good parallel to that. I think that they missed a boat with that. And for that matter, uh, they missed a boat with having Bullseye in a Bullseye costume too. We'll get into that in a little bit. So, Miss, for me, is the costume. But, for the most part, big hit when it comes to Matt. Uh, I really liked how stealthy he was this time around. I loved, in particular, there was this one scene in... Uh, which episode is it? This episode was... I think it might have been episode three. Maybe it was episode four. Uh... Whatever the case may be. Uh, wait, no. Okay, it was episode two. All right, now I'm going through my notes here, everybody. Sorry, I apologize about that. Uh, when Matt is going through the laundromat and he's trying to get some information and stuff, I really enjoyed that scene. That was one of my favorites out of the whole things. Uh, I liked a lot one of my uh, big misses. Uh, big misses. <laughs> One of the things I liked, that should be a hit. Come on, Tony. Uh, one of my big hits for this was how they introduced this concept of him being on the outs, but that he's not not talking to Foggy and Karen. You know, they didn't drag that out too much either. And Karen and Foggy didn't play the stupid bullshit games. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to lie and not tell Karen that I saw Matt. No, they jumped straight to like, Hey, by the way, I saw Matt. Let's just, you know, get the ball rolling and kick his ass and do this kind of a stuff. You know, I really like that a lot. Um, hit when it comes to Karen Page being proactive in a certain way. Uh, miss when it comes to Karen's solo episode a little bit. I, I don't feel like I needed to find, like, to have all that information. I think that that maybe could have been half of an episode a little bit. And that was one of the things that could have been, you know, lessened a little bit, saved a little bit more time, uh, you know, cutting room floor type stuff. Overall, though, uh, she was a hit. Foggy, major hit. Foggy is like the heart of this show. He's also one of the funnier ones. He's really coming to his own, and it's good to see that character have some real growth instead of just reverting back to what he was the first season or something like that. Even for that matter, a big hit when it comes to Marcy. Marcy has seen a good amount of character growth, too, and she's more supportive now, and, uh, you know, she's kind of bringing up some ideas. She brings up the whole thing about the DA, and I liked Marcy a lot better this time around, too. So Marcy's a hit. 
Sister Maggie and Father Lantum. Uh, Father Lantum was kind of pushed aside for this season. And at the end of this, of course, he gets killed. So the reason why I'm assuming is because they introduced Sister Maggie and they kind of figured there's no point in having two of them. Let's kill off Lantum, make it to where it's something that Bullseye has, you know, perpetually like you killed my father figure type guy. And that's something that I'm a big fan of as far as Father Lantum being the type of guy who's a sacrificial lamb. That's a big hit. Sister Maggie fulfilling that role going forward. That'll be a big hit as well because I liked Sister Maggie. I like how she was a little bitchy here and there, but you could tell that she cared and that she wasn't a flawless type character, but she also wasn't just ruminating in her own bullshit all the time and stuff. And she's a good supporting character. I like that a lot. Um, big miss uh, when it comes to when they tried to make young Father Lantum and young uh, Jack Murdoch, they did not look young to me. I don't know what was going on with that. Young Sister Maggie, they got a brand new actress playing her, and she looked like she could be the young version of uh, Sister Maggie, but not the men. That was a big old miss when it comes to that. But that's one of those things, you know, it was one episode, it's not the biggest deal. I'm sure nobody watching it was like, well, this really took me out of everything, and now I hate the fucking season. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's a nitpick more than anything. Uh, let's talk about one of the new characters that came around, uh, Jay Ali played Ray Nadim. And I had thought Ray would be the type of character that would get offed by maybe episode five and that he would also turn full on evil, like scarf and some other people that they've had in the past. They, there's a tendency on these Netflix shows where they take a character and you know that they're going to turn bad and they drag it out and they drag it out. And then it's like, oh, okay, now they finally turned bad. Uh, that ended up being Patty or Patty, Tammy Hatley. And she was suspicious from the very start, but that's, that almost made me kind of think that she wasn't going to be the bad one in the end, that it was going to be Ray and that he would, you know, just fall victim to all of his money problems and stuff. But even though Ray did some shady things, I'm glad that they kept him as predominantly a heroic character and I really ended up liking Ray a lot. And, you know, throughout this whole season, I was sitting there going, ah, they're going to kill Ray. They're so going to kill Ray. And I don't want them to kill him because I like Ray and I want him to be redeemed at the end. And I want this to be like a success story. But since the whole like sympathetic edge to it, I felt like you needed to kill Ray because it would hurt that much if you killed him. So you know, they did a good job setting that up because when it got to the scene where it was like, oh, Ray's going to totally die here. I was thinking to myself, ah, crap, man, don't, don't kill Ray. And then it was like, ah, you killed Ray. Oh, this sucks. So big, uh, tip of the hat when it comes to, uh, JLE on that, he knocked that out of the park and the writers for setting Ray up in that kind of capacity, just, you know, amazing. One of the things I noticed a lot in this that kind of bugged me, and this is going to be one of my misses, is Mitchell Ellison, the character, I don't think that he is a character in the comics, and they've mentioned Ben Urich maybe like eight times in this season. It makes me kind of go, well, why the fuck did you kill Ben Urich when you clearly just want to have like a Ben Urich? It just seems like it's one of those things that maybe they should have thought a little bit ahead of time, and killing off the Ben Urich character maybe would have, would have been a mistake. You know, they could have had like that scene where, um, 
Elson is trying to set up uh, Karen with, I, I think it's his son. That is not necessarily something that could have gone down only with Ellison. Like you could have had Ben Urich trying to set her up with his nephew, Phil. Phil Urich is from the comics. I don't think we're going to get Phil Urich in the MCU at any point because Ben Urich is dead. So what's going to be the connection point, you know? So that was a little bit of a miss when it comes to me. I do like Ellison. So it's more so I wish that there were elements of the Ellison character thrown into the Ben Urich character. And really, for the most part, the only reason that I am staunch about wishing that Ben Urich hadn't been killed is because Ben Urich is from the comics, and I think that that would have been a little bit better. Uh, So that's a little bit of a miss when it comes to me, but at least the character of Ellison on his own, he is a hit, he serves a functional purpose, and, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. Hit when it comes to the body count, lots of people died this season. Tons of people. And that shows how uh, how serious everything is. So that was good. Uh, I got to talk Bullseye here, man. Bullseye is awesome. And Wilson Bethel, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, Bethel. Maybe it's Bethel, I don't know. He had said that he was in the running for Captain America. And, you know, I can see him being a Captain America. He has, like, the chiseled jaw. He's got this sort of way that he carries himself that's, like, even though he plays a complete psychopath here, I can kind of see him being like this inspirational type of person. But maybe the reason why he wasn't Captain America was because he knocked it out of the park with Bullseye here, man. Bullseye was fucking awesome. And he should have been. And I'm so glad that they, you know, they pulled off this character so well. A miss that I would say is they had set up this idea, and of course people were reading into things, but in the first and the second season there were these assassins. And it seemed like that was Bullseye. Thrown out the window. Definitely wasn't Bullseye now. Unless maybe it was like uh, one of those days where he was kind of just having a psychotic episode or something like that. They completely ignored it. So a little bit of a retcon going on there. But um, that's really the only miss that I have going on. Other than the fact that we didn't get to see Bullseye Bullseye. We got fake Daredevil. Now I do like fake Daredevil. That whole angle, very cool. That is a big hit as far as I'm concerned. He filled out the suit. He looked like Daredevil. He, you know, the whole idea of setting up Daredevil to look like he's the villain is a perfect plan. Bullseye, as far as a functional character on, like, setting him up uh, as far as his uh, personality goes and giving him that personality disorder and psychopathic tendencies and also, like, just carrying over this idea that he's always been messed up even since he was a little kid that was good because sometimes people are just crazy man and you don't need to have like well i was fine until this happened and it drove me to insanity no sometimes people are just kind of crazy and for him to just be this kid that you know he throws a a baseball and he kills his coach because he's pissed that he doesn't let him throw a perfect game that stuff carries over really really well the action side of things, I loved how they were having him throw different things. And, you know, Bullseye from the comics and different sources is able to take a lot of things and turn them into weapons because he's just that good at aiming. And if he has, you know, a shard of glass, he's going to get it into your skull. If he's got pencils, he's going to throw them at you and he's going to get you with those. And I love that so much. That was some of the most innovative stuff that I had seen in any of these Netflix shows some of the most fun action pieces. 
really just, I can't give it enough hits. Kingpin. Can't give him enough hits either. Vincent D'Onofrio is the perfect casting for Wilson Fisk. Kingpin is awesome. They get to have him be full-on Kingpin here. He gets the name. He's wearing the suit. He's manipulating people. He gets stabbed, and he brushes it off like it's nothing. This was Kingpin, man. This is the best interpretation of Kingpin we probably are ever going to get. And that's just awesome. I can't say enough good things about him, and I could rant and rant and rant about how many good things that there were. But, you know, tying into the rabbit in a snowstorm painting, having the blood all over the place when it comes to that, nice little touches like that. And that was another thing I loved about the season. There were so many nice little, little touches that would probably, you know, I'm losing track of them because I watched 13 hours worth of this. But one of the things that stood out to me was the scene where Karen is looking at all of the cell phones and it's all people saying, are you okay? You haven't gotten back to me yet. You know, call me up, that kind of a thing. Heartbreaking as hell, man. And little things like that can go a long way in just building the world and making it seem very realistic. So all that stuff is so, so good. A lot of good dialogue exchanges that happened here, like the scene where he's like, you know, if you see any fat guy wearing red with a beard, do you think that he's Santa Claus? Like, damn good writing when it comes to that. I mean, what's the, what are the bads here? Like, they're, I mentioned, I wish that we had Bullseye in the full Bullseye costume. I wish that we had Daredevil in the black costume. That's about it. You know, like, there really isn't all that much else for me to, to say I didn't like because everybody fulfilled their roles. Everybody fit their characters exactly how they were supposed to. And uh, even Vanessa, you know, she has a little bit of a character arc in the two scenes, uh, not two scenes, the two episodes that she was in, three episodes that she was in, that kind of a thing. That was just a way to get her to go from being an unwilling and not unwilling and unknowing accomplice to being somebody who actually wants to be a part of the business. And that's, you know, she takes a turn for the worse. I'm sure if they do another season, she's going to be more active and you know, that's a positive thing. Oh, actually one of the negatives that we have going on here, no Turk. I don't remember seeing Turk. Very disappointed at that. He's popped up in everything since the beginning and I don't know why they didn't have him this time. Uh, maybe I missed it. I don't know. I also missed any reference to Stan Lee, but they probably just had, you know, picture up. I am always, of course, disappointed that there aren't more ties to the MCU. There was a quick Jessica Jones reference, but I I want this to feel more in tune with what's going on. And depending on where this is supposed, when this is supposed to be happening, it's hard for them to, of course, address like Infinity War. I'm assuming this all comes out before everybody starts just fading away and stuff. But you know, I still wish that I, it felt less like it's in its own little bubble. So that would be another one of my misses. But all in all, mostly all just hits left and right, especially with Bullseye, especially with Kingpin. Damn good season. My favorite season, if not uh, second, you know. And uh, I can't recommend it anymore. So... I want to know what you guys have to say about this. Uh, of course, this whole season is a hit for me. Is it a hit for you? Is it a miss? What did you like? What did you dislike? 
what are your thoughts about how things can go in the future? If there is a season four of Daredevil, what would you like to see them do? And of course, Bullseye's got to return. Kingpin's got to return in some fashion. But I think at this point, Kingpin needs to be on the sidelines. We need to focus on some other people. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't really know too many of Daredevil's villains that could fill that kind of role instead. So if you have any suggestions, drop them in the comments below and, you know, kind of uh, fill me in on something. Do my, I'll do my research and we'll figure it out. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, drop them in the comments section as well. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button on YouTube and ring that little bell for anything else that's happening in the future. Little notifications of when I'll be posting those things. And, uh, if you want to show your support for Fanboys Anonymous and grow the channel and the website, there's a couple things that you should be aware of beyond just liking the video and sharing it and all that kind of stuff. But if you got a little spare change you want to throw my way to help out on the funding side, there is the Patreon. And the Patreon has different tiers, of course. One of them being if you want to suggest some kind of a topic. And I will, you know, do some kind of a special feature of some sorts. Um, that's how you're going to get more movie commentary tracks and some different things like that. When, you know, if I got the motivation to find the time to be able to do it, that's how you'll be able to get them. And... Of course, there is the Tee Public and the merchandise shop on Redbubble. If you want to pick up like a t-shirt or some kind of like mug or, you know, different things on those. There's a lot of like parody type designs and you should act as soon as you can because who knows when those get taken down for copyright reasons and stuff. So if you see something you like, you know, pick that up too. Uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. There's the Twitter is at Fanboys Anon. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash Fanboys Anonymous. Me personally, you can find me at Tony Mango and A Mango Tree and all the other kind of things like that. On the wrestling side of things, it's Mark Out Moment. Blah, 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 blah. You guys should know the score by now. Click around on the social media sites and start figuring things out. And, you know, anything you guys do is greatly, greatly appreciated, including watching this. So thank you for watching this, everybody. And I will see you uh, whenever I see you. It's time for me to geek out. Adios.